Hey there. Um, it has been a long time. Um, I went back on my last podcast, which was in November of 2021. So um, it's been just over three months. Uh, looking at the dates are coming up on three months. Um, and I actually could only listen to probably the first 20 seconds of it and I had to turn it off. And here's why. Um, today we are February 9th, I think. Oh, let's see. Yeah, February 9th, 2022. Um, and today is actually, uh, 91 days that I've been sober. Um, and the reason I couldn't listen to much of the last episode that I recorded, and probably really any of them before that, is that um, I was always drinking when I was doing my podcast. Whether it had been a little bit that night or a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I could hear it in my voice. I can, I can, I can just tell. And um, <sighs> wow. It's kind of just throwing me for a loop right now. Anyways, over the last week or so, I've been really wanting to jump back on and start doing podcasts a lot more often, really because I just use it as a form of relieving some extra baggage that's on my mind, just kind of getting it off of my brain and on something so that I can feel like I have um, cleared my brain for a, for the next new new day. Um, my sobriety came to me, um, kind of as a surprise. It, it probably shouldn't have, it should have started a long time ago. Um, and my last drink was on November 11th of 2021. Um, and I'll make it very short, but, um, my husband and I had gotten into a argument about, um, uh, about drinking. Um, and he for once, although he felt that way for a long time, he really expressed it to me that uh, my drinking had gotten out of control. And uh, it was very hurtful because um, you always expect someone that you love and that someone that you're married to, um, to be really honest with you at all times. Um, And it's something that he had been holding on to for quite a while. Um, So that same night, I looked into entering treatment facilities, um, which would have been a 90-day program. As most of you may or may not know, I have four children. Um, and I and I didn't care because I said, you know what? You want me to be sober? You want me to be better? Um, I was angry because I thought every version of me is never good enough. So, you know, now, now you need me sober. Here, let's do it. Um, and I said, you know, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the kids aside and I'm going to concentrate on myself. Um, the process of getting into an intake program for a 90 day, um, facility was going to take me a little bit. Um, it was going to probably take me at least two weeks, um, possibly longer because it was coming up to about five, six weeks before Christmas. And that's generally their busiest time. Um, so what I did within the first few days, I'd have to look back at the exact day, probably two days into my sobriety, I logged on to a um, AA meeting, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Um, and after my first meeting, I don't know if, if I knew 
or admitted yet that I had a problem. I think I was trying to, but it's um, it's a very overwhelming process because it makes you really kind of sink in and really think about um, things that you've done and, and how your life has really become unmanageable and how alcohol has taken over um, your entire life and how it's controlling you um, in a sense of being very powerful. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And now that I'm into my three months of sobriety, I definitely, um, have really come to terms that it was a problem. Um, and one of the first things I ever said in one of my first meetings was, um, and I kind of played it out. I was just talking and it just kind of worked itself out of my mouth. That is, I said, you know, um, after my dad passed away, after he committed suicide, I, blamed um me finding him and being there that day that night um I blamed my PTSD my trauma I blamed everything and every diagnosis I've had in result to his suicide I I've blamed it all um I blamed all my drinking on that um and I finally came to a point where I said you know what um I'm gonna grieve my dad no matter what um, I'm going to be going through a lot of hard times and some days will be easy. Some days were very rough. Um, but I noticed that when I was drinking and grieving my dad, it was almost every single night, which is, which is not unusual, obviously, but, um, I would hit really, really highs in my emotional, um, grief. And then I would sunk, sink really, really low. So, um, I could go from understanding him and, I get it, dad. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you to how could he do this to me? How could he do this to my kids and just being so angry? And I understand that a lot of those um, emotions are, are, are common in grief on its own and in trauma and in PTSD. Um, but now that I look back on it, I really realized that the drinking was enhancing those a lot. Um, and I don't mean to kind of laugh when I say that. It's just that it's just, it's been so eye-opening on where I was December 22nd of 2020 when I found my dad on his date of death and to where I am now. Um, needless to say, that does not uh, not choke me up when I think about my dad because I still miss him very, very much. Um, and especially going through something like sobriety, um... I'm realizing that I am, I always knew I was a lot like my dad, but I'm really realizing that I am a lot like my father. Um, and I won't take that as an insult. I will take that as a compliment um, for the days and the version of him that was uh, a very good version. Um, so yeah, so I still miss him. My grief's still there. My PTSD triggers um, at times, obviously not as much, especially since I've been sober. Um, but let me talk to you about um, when, when my triggers happen, which uh, PTSD triggers, at least for me, and they can be different with everyone, um, but it's, it's feeling very hyper-vigilant um, with noise, um, with... Um, a lot of like, um, I'll say crowds, but I don't have crowds. Crowds, I'll, I guess four kids and a husband is a crowd, but, um, 
like just a lot of people, a lot of um, excitement, movement, noise. Um, it triggers things like um, anxiety, panic attacks, um, sweats. Um, it can trigger nightmares, which I've had rec uh, very recently within the last few weeks, but they didn't last long this time. Um, they just, they trigger these really, really weird parts of your brain and these memories and these pictures and these visions of things that you would hope really not to ever, um, see again. Um, for me, obviously having a household with four young children, um, there's always noise and most days I can drown it out pretty well in the sense that I can, you know, continue my day, continue the chores, hang out with the kids and whether there's arguing or fighting or laughter or whatever, I'm okay. But the days that, um, my anxiety and my PTSD triggers, the simple noise of one, two, three, or four kids laughing, as an example, can send me into sitting on the floor, hugging my legs, or having my legs very close to my chest, and pushing my fingers into my ear, ears as hard as I can to not hear anything. There's been times I have went to the bathroom to kind of escape the noise, and I'm I have towels wrapped around my head trying to just drown out some noise so that I can just feel like I can hear my own brain. So it is very, very common to feel that way. And the more that I'm starting to talk to people who have been affected by um, things like this, I'm noticing that obviously it is very normal. I'm not alone. Um, I'm not a freak of nature feeling this way. Um... But again, I do have to really reiterate that um, there's been a lot more good days than there has been bad. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I want to try to find um, a path on where this podcast will lead. Um, it is kind of one of my journeys that I want to do with my sobriety is I really want to find myself. I want to find a way to incorporate my dad's passing, his memory, the things that he stood for, the amazing words he's told me a amongst my years, um, and also incorporating the reality of mental health, anxiety, and um the reality of panic attacks and the reality of trauma and grief and the bullshit that this world throws at us. Um, and I want to incorporate my sobriety because that's me. All of that is me. It's me. It's Melanie. And I want to be able to help make the world a better place. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's so true. I just, I'm tired of living in such this negative world. And if you would have told me that this is how I felt today, if you would have told me that, even before my dad died, but especially after my dad died, I would have laughed at you because I wanted to die. I wanted 
to die. Um, yeah, I'll maybe I'll talk about that another time, but, um, I really didn't want to be in this world anymore because my focus was on missing one person, not enjoying the hundreds that I have in my life that love me. And it was, um, about missing one person wanting to be with that one person. Um, so with that, I think I'm going to leave that there for tonight. It's getting to be about 20 to 11 p.m. here, Eastern Standard Time. And, um, generally again with my sobriety, I'm in bed by like 9, 10 o'clock, which catch me before that. I would have been in bed 1130 midnight easily because I'd still be drinking right now. Um, that's where I'm at. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and, uh, I will be back soon. I just need to find and figure out where I want to start with this journey. Maybe not find a total path, but find a starting line. Um, that's it. Have a good night. Have a great day tomorrow and, um, be a blessing to someone else and be kind. Thanks for listening.